Welcome to Business Plugs Live. We talk about crypto, business, tech, finance, and other interesting relevant topics to keep you up to date. My name is Carlos McCrary. I'm the COO of Business Plugs. And as always, I'm here with our CEO, Jordan Smith. So disclaimer, everything we say here is for entertain entertainment purposes only. We give our perspective of how we view these topics, of course, but we are not financial advisors and therefore nothing here should be taken as financial advice. So let's get plugged in. Um, last day of Q3, Jordan. So for those of you who are in the business world and you're on a calendar year, tomorrow marks the last quarter of the year. So um, that's pretty interesting uh, from, my, from my perspective in the industry that I work in. I work in sales. Um, but let's get into our first topic. Um, the global tightening around the world is leading to fears of a global recession. Um, that's pretty obvious. I think we've been talking about that for a while now. Um, but the Bank of England and the ECB um, were raising interest rates. Um, and uh, another point here is the British pound has dropped significantly against the U.S. dollar after the U.K. unveiled its biggest tax cut in 50 years. So, Jordan, I know you are a little bit more on that, uh, more I guess, knowledgeable on that front, I'd like to get your perspective. Um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about how you're viewing that. Uh, I think I saw that the British, um, the British government's printing either, I think it's 200 billion pounds to feed their economy. So um, it's very, that's the only thing they really can do. I mean, they can raise interest rates or they can lower interest rates, tax cuts. But no matter what, they're going to have to print more money. So, you know, here on this channel, we've been talking about ramifications when governments print more money. And this is why some of us here are so bullish on um, other cryptocurrencies that have a fixed amount of supply. So in the short term, we have to wait and see if this printing of more British pounds helps the problem. It may it's it's going to be a short term fix if it does anything because there's so many different factors that are fighting against the british pound you know against the euro <clears throat> with these sanctions um when i mentioned sanctions the the west have put sanctions on iran they put sanctions on russia and there's still sanctions on china these sanctions started last february started last march so now these sanctions are having a negative effect to other currencies outside it's also affecting the dollar but you're going to see the pound um the japanese currency and the euro um continue to fall against the dollar because right now i've been saying it, it's a war against the dollar so i think for the short term the pound and the euro uh, i wouldn't be surprised if we see a pound at one point go below a dollar Yeah, I think the pound right now, if I'm I'm just quickly searched on Google, it's a uh, 1.12. I remember it's like 1.05 or something, which is crazy. I think when I first started looking at the pound a while back, obviously this was way before um, our economy started going down. It was like 1.6. So and seeing the pound and the euro just drop a well, I I would say the euro drop below the dollar in terms of parity, and seeing the pound drop to as low as 1.05 is just like unheard of from like. I would say our lifetimes, or at least since I've been following markets, um, I've never seen anything like that. Um, I mean, we've we've talked about printing, the printing press, uh, 
for those of you who don't understand, they do physically print money in these countries. Um, the USA kind of has a, a big advantage in the fact that um, I guess all of these countries trade in U.S. dollars and everyone trusts the U.S. dollar as the uh, de facto currency or the number one reserve currency. So pretty much government bonds are known as the safest asset in the world, I guess, in terms of uh, investment. Um, and that is due to a lot of reasons. Um, but one thing that we see from that is that the way that they print money is essentially the U.S. government can borrow money from the Federal Reserve as well as from others uh, with bonds. So, well, I guess bonds, treasury notes, um, and the like, just treasuries. Um, the Federal Reserve can obviously print, and that's why the print or the Federal Reserve has a balance sheet. Um, and this is something that took me personally a while to wrap my head around, if I'm honest. Um, but this is how money, this is how the money printing works. And obviously, the fear of printing too much money or borrowing too much money is putting more money into circulation. And then we have inflation. So um, I know Jordan, you probably know more about the specifics about the numbers, but we printed a lot of money during COVID. And because of that, we could see that the inflation figures, at least in the US, are are extremely high. Um, like what was it, eight point something? I want to say three or eight point five. I can't remember what the last one is. It's been above eight like the last few months. Um, and just seeing this trend continue, I just saw on Twitter, um, I can't remember which count it was, so excuse me if I'm uh don't give credit credit to the right person, but the Netherlands had an inflation of 17% or something crazy like that. Um, and Germany was also pretty high over 10% somewhere. So these countries are hurting and you know, what's hurting the most is hurting the consumers, people who are not millionaires, people who are regular, I would say middle-class to lower-class citizens, they're getting hurt pretty heavy right now. And also gas prices are, I would say outside of the United States, inside the U S they're obviously still higher than what the average was, but people are hurting. So, I mean, I mean, I don't, I, I, I I'm sorry to have to bring this back around to crypto, but uh, at least just consider for those of you who are maybe new, who don't think about uh, or want to learn more about crypto, at least consider that Bitcoin is a borderless cryptocurrency. And this cryptocurrency can be traded um, pretty much anywhere around the world and it has a max, uh, a max supply of 21 million. So the Federal Reserve or the dollar, I should say, the Federal Reserve can print but the dollar has an unlimited supply and the entire world is obviously using it. It can be considered borderless. Um, but and we also have stable coins, which is a whole nother topic on its own, which also adds more to the uh, borderless transactions of the U.S. dollar. But at the end of the day, the United States controls that money supply. Um, and I've, I don't have that much against the U.S. government, but it depends on how much control you want to have, which goes into CBDCs and other topics like that. I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but um, I guess the point of what I'm trying to say is that the money supply is growing rapidly and we're seeing uh, that a, a lot of these institutions are starting to slowly realize that a recession is really, really likely. So I'm, I'm really interested or I'm interested. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of cautious, but I'm, I'm really interested to see how this is going to play out because I think it's going to play out how we think it will hopefully not too negatively, but you know, the inevitable is the inevitable. This is one of the reasons why um, we we said, I think, a couple months ago that we didn't think the bottom was in in the summer. You know, we're just now starting to see these currencies fall. The Central Bank of England said it would start buying British government bonds 
on whatever scale is necessary to stem off a sell off of British debt. So they are prepared to print even more pounds. And that's basically the only their option. And, you know, now that the, the UK, I think they have a conservative government now. So they are going to, you know, implement tax cuts, which I think is a good thing. But they're also printing money. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Um, during COVID-19, I've read diff different estimates. It's around 12 to 13 trillion dollars, not dollars, trillion I think it's dollars. Hold on. Let me see. Yep. They converted it. So it's $13 trillion during COVID-19 was printed. The U.S. printed at least $4 trillion of that alone. You know, to put it in perspective, World War II cost a total of $4.7 trillion today. And we printed 13. So that's three almost three World War II's worth of costs that we printed in the last two years, which is absolutely insane. So basically the only thing backing the dollar is what you see happening in Ukraine. Um, it's the, it's a military. So why do we talk about all this? And this is a cryptocurrency channel because um Cryptocurrency is another industry that's going to be affected by other industries. So now, for those of you who think that you missed the boat, now's the perfect time to learn about crypto. Now's the perfect time to read about white papers and to find a topic within the cryptocurrency industry that you like. There's NFTs, there's crypto mining. <clears throat> there's plenty of different avenues that you can research. And it's really cheap right now. These prices, I mean, the, the price of Bitcoin right now is below 21000 That's crazy because come 2025, you're not going to see these prices. You know, and cryptocurrency is a different. In the next five years, you're going to see how the cryptocurrency industry is different than the stock market. Because relatively speaking, the big cryptocurrency has been following the, the path of the stock market. That's why this channel has been paying so much attention to, you know, the stock market and inflation and the printing of money. But after a while, it's starting to begin. People are going to realize that cryptocurrency does not follow the stock market. So before the U.S. dollar can fall, all these other currencies have to fall first before Bitcoin can actually rise and become the world stable currency. A lot of things have to happen and quite frankly i'm really surprised that we are seeing the downfall i'm going to call it right now the downfall of several currencies that were created you know less than 300 years ago so it, it's very interesting to see and i didn't expect to see you know these currencies because there's no saying there's what's to say the euro will re regain its power after this after this this is a new world that we're going into after covid19 the world is experiencing a new world war. Who knows what currency is going to be there? But we do know that there's only going to be 21 million Bitcoin. And that's what's very special. So um, maybe we can talk about some other points that I came across. Um, so I saw here Cardano and Algorand both had updates last week. Um, 
and their updates significantly improved both project scalability. So it's kind of interesting that these updates came out uh, right around the time of Ethereum's uh, merge. Um, to provide a few more details, the Bastille hard fork, is that, that's the one for Cardano. Um, it was basically all about scalability, um, as I mentioned. The effects are apparently quicker and roughly about the same speed as the smart contracts on the Ethereum blockchain. And uh, Algorand uh, implemented state proofs last week. So state proofs increases transactions, basically increase the transactions from Algorand, uh, well, increase the transactions per second. So increase the transactions from 1,100 transactions per second to around 6,000. Um, and this also introduced post-quantum security to the Algorand blockchain. Um, this means that transactions on Algorand cannot be manipulated by quantum computers. So Algorand is actually an interesting project because I believe that they're in talks with some uh, countries in terms of central bank digital currency, something that we've talked about on this channel. Cardano is, is something I admit that I don't spend a lot of time um, researching about. I know that Cardano has a lot. It's a smart contract cryptocurrency, kind of like Ethereum. I would say that they're I mean, I, I think you would probably assume the same, that they are competing pretty much on the same. They're probably the most competitive cryptocurrencies, I would say, on um, on in, on CoinMarketCap in terms of the top 10. Uh, but uh, apparently it, it's been on proof of stake, but its usability has not been there yet. But it's interesting to see that they're making some progress. So um, I'm not sure if you, if you came across this news as well, Jordan, or if you have any uh, thoughts or points on Cardano or Algorand. It's very interesting you know it's um now this industry you know before our eyes it's growing and now you can see we're moving into the competition phase right there's so many cryptos i mean within i think 10 of them now but it seems that they're all competing to do the same thing so um one thing that we do have to mention is ether proof of work that is a new crypto currency I'm, I'm gonna write a blog post about it it can't it was created you know it's basically a hard fork of what we now call ether 2.0 um some of the biggest mining pools in the world right now are mine are allowing miners to mine ether proof of work so if you have if you were mining the old ether you have two options now you can mine ether classic or you can continue to mine ether proof of work um right now i think it's trading around 11 or 10 dollars and it's traded as high as 141 dollars for one of those i don't know how i don't know it's a supply but um i'm gonna look into this because i think i think the world may look towards cryptocurrencies that have a total supply compared to ones that don't and that you know and i understand that some cryptocurrencies there's a reason why they don't have a fixed supply, but in terms of security, I think Ether proof of work has around 122 million. You know, that's that's pretty substantial. Um, I'm gonna do do some more research. So, you know, in terms of blockchains that are trying to provide you know scalability and smart chain contracts, you know, there's a there's a lot of competition and you know Ether. Proof of work, we have to add it to the list. You definitely know there's a lot of equipment behind it. And you know the market cap is 1.4 billion right now. I mean, it can't be ignored.
Yeah, I want to confirm uh, it's 122 million. That's the total supply of uh, Ethereum proof of work or ETHW um, for the ticker. So um, in terms of mining, I mean, it's really interesting to see. I know you spoke about it last episode, Jordan, that the miners are, are I guess, the equipment is going down in value. A lot of people after this, uh, this merge came to find that GPU mining is really not that profitable. So um, it's interesting that there's an alternative like Ethereum POW or EW, or um, now a lot. I guess a lot of miners are reverting to Ethereum Classic. So it's it's gonna be kind of interesting to see which direction a lot of these miners go. Um, especially the GPU miners. I'm not talking about um ASIC miners or uh, application specific uh, integrated circuit miners. I'm talking more specifically about people who are using GPUs because GPU prices have uh have dropped quite significantly. Um. Yeah, so um, in terms of mining, I also have another, I guess, mining-related uh, topic has to do with he helium. Um, I'm not sure how familiar, I'm pretty sure you are familiar with helium because we've spoken about it, Jordan. So helium, basically, um, it's like a 5G type of uh, network. Basically, you put a router inside of your house, I guess, what you call it, so that you can help uh, verify the network of Internet of Things devices. So Helium community voted to migrate their project to Solana last week. Um, so Helium will be a part of Solana, which is kind of interesting that they chose that blockchain, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Apparently, the Algorand community wanted this migration to be to Algorand and not uh, Solana. Um, so um, I'd like to reiterate, for those of you who don't know, Helium is trying to build a peer-to-peer -peer internet. Um, it started with a low-frequency network for IoT devices, um, but now it's working to roll out peer-to-peer -peer 5G networks. Um, and this is being done using open source crypto software and even open source hardware. T-Mobile is going to start using Helium's 5G networks to ensure national coverage. Um, and this may result in a lot of organic demand for uh, H&T. Uh, H&T is a ticker for uh, for Helium. Uh, so, I mean, that's another another way, if you believe in um, another decentralized way of, uh, ver of, of, uh, of networking, um, Helium is actually another alternative. So um, I think one of the YouTube channels, Foscoin, I think he's also uh, mining, he's a Helium miner. I don't know how profitable it is. It's not something that I can speak on since I've only did a brief uh, brief look at it. Um, but it's kind of interesting to see that this project is also making uh, strides forward. I think the return on mining Helium is something between like three to five years. And at the, at the point that I researched it, they were back ordered in terms of receiving the equipment by like eight or nine months. So I haven't revisited um, that project in terms of mining. Um, it's interesting to hear that they did partner with Solana. Um, we'll see. I definitely want to revisit that to see how that turns out. Um, Another thing so to mention is a. Uh, Sorry to interrupt you. Is DAG DAG transferred over to its mainnet on September twenty eighth? So um, I think at one point we're going to have a separate uh, podcast to just introduce DAG, go over it, and properly, you know, explain why. You know, I think some of the biggest corporations, organizations, governments are in invested, you know, in this cryptocurrency, and no one's really talking about it. 
Yeah, Dag, um, I mean, I guess you've done more research in terms of the update and uh, hard fork to have, or uh, not hard fork, fork, sorry, the update they've just had. But I, I did some brief research recently on DAG, and DAG just seems like a very promising project indeed. Uh, I think the U.S. government is also intending to work with DAG. Um, it's like a low-key project right now that is like, could, could explode at some point. I mean, like it's not financial advice, but it seems like they're they're really growing and that the team behind it is really focused on trying to move things along. But they're trying to do it right, it seems like. They're not trying to be like one of these other little coins that's trying to be like, yeah, we're number one right away, boom, buy us. You know, they're like, yo, we're going to build this. We're going to build this system up. We're going to build it the right way and we're building this to last, not just to like, I don't know, build, make, not for people to make money like tomorrow, which is what it seems like a lot of these cryptocurrency projects are uh, are trying to promote. Something like Pi, I guess, trying to do slow and steady to do it right. And then one day, uh, hopefully they'll come out and, uh, you know, it'll be a very profitable project that'll be very influential and maybe even break the top 10 or 20 in the, in the on coin market cap. Yeah, and that's the thing that's in very interesting. We hear we spoke about earlier in, during this podcast about how you know different governments are printing money. What happens when these governments finally announce that they're printing millions, billions, or trillions of dollars to invest in that said cryptocurrency? You know, you're gonna want to have invested, you know, you know, a couple couple hundred dollars in that crypto because if if they're able to invest, you know billions of dollars in the crypto you know that could give, give you a return right there alone of a, a 5 to 15x that's true that's true indeed so um how about we look at some charts jordan you okay with that no problem all right so looking at the charts we can see that bitcoin is at 20k right now um and Ethereum's at 1.3. These are the kind of the first two coins that I typically look at um, from the beginning. Um, uh, yeah, so I mean, these. this is what I like to generally do is see like what, how the how the market is going. You can see in the last seven days, we kind of had, we're kind of in a green territory right now um, as of recent. Um, it's very, uh, it's we're, we're far away from the all time highs. Um, but for those of you who are not familiar with CoinMarketCap, it's really a good website to try and understand uh, what's going on with the project. Um, and as we mentioned, uh, we come down to, I don't know how far away, how, how low it is. It's the Constellation Network. Uh, let me take a look. Constellation or the dad. Mm, I forgot which, where it is, man. I'm have to do a search here. So constellation is that the right one? So it's two hundred fifty eight uh, as of right now. So that's um, it. What's the market cap? Eighty something. The market cap is eighty six thousand to uh, eighty six million. Sorry, eighty six point five million. The max supply is three billion. Three point yeah, six seven. I expect this to be a one billion market cap when it's all said and done in the next five to six years. How much market cap? One one billion. One billion market cap. So I mean, as you can see, if you just do the math, that's over like this probably like a twelve X or something like that. What is that? Twelve X? Yeah, I mean, yeah, something like a twelve X. So um yeah, so I mean that's pretty much the charts for the week. Um, is there anything else you uh want to add, Jordan? Yeah, um <clears throat> could we check out uh Litecoin? A can you search ADS? 
ADS, sure. What is ADS? No, Alkaline. Let me see. Ad shares? No. Alkyne. Alchemy? That's the fourth one. Yes. Yep. Mm, what's the total supply? Total supply of Alchemy is not stated here on CoinMarketCap, unfortunately, but the max supply is 250, okay, 250 okay. million. Um, what's its uh in what's its one year high? One year high. What do you mean one year high? Yes. Um, if you go, you see where it says you know scroll up, it'll tell you. Um, under let's see. the fifty-two week high. Yes. Uh, okay. Where it says high, yeah, uh, change that to one year. Okay, so three eighty-seven. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, can you check handshake? Sure. HS. So that was at fifty-two cents, and now it's at three. Um, and I see the supplies handshake. So it's probably going to be. Uh, what about uh, CBD? Greenheart CBD? Yes. Wow, only three, less than four million market cap. And look at this total supply. Is that list, what's a, is that even, does, does it say what exchanges this is? It's probably not even on an exchange yet. So if I look at the market, it looks like it's on uh, PancakeSwap. You need to have Wrap BNB to buy it. Okay. Fortunately, this is also in a bear market, but if you look at the entire cryptocurrency market, like I said, coin market cap is a really good um resource for this. You can see the entire crypto market here usually. You can see the direction of uh here, total cryptocurrency market capitalization. You can see here we're kind of in a bear market right now. The high was pretty much on the uh November, the tenth of November. And then we've kind of been going down from there. But I mean, you know, <laughs> the whole entire economy is down uh, for now. What was the high of Bitcoin? What's the highest it's been? Was it 64 or 68? The highest of Bitcoin? Yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was 69. But you know what we can do? Look, Go back and look at the chart. We can come here. We can look at the last uh, all. And the, this was the peak right here, so it had to have been, you know, that's uh, let's do one year because it's kind of hard to grab. It was 67. Okay, so I was wrong. It looks like 67.5. Okay, 67. It's now down to 20. No problem. Wow. It, I think Bitcoin's hash rate is continuing to increase. Um, Ether Classics hash rate has, has continued to increase. Um, so regardless of the price, you know, the hash rates of these cryptocurrencies are all increasing, not decreasing. So that goes to tell you that there's a lot of money invested in long term hardware into some of these cryptocurrency projects. So um, for those of you who don't understand hash rate, I haven't used this blockchain.com. I usually use it either mine. There are some charts so you can come through here and you can see the hash rate usually. Uh, where is it? Average block size transactions, hash rate distribution. 
total hash rate. Here we go. Transaction or Terra hashes per second. So as you can see, Bitcoin's hash rate is still very high, even though we've seen uh, November, which was here. So around here, that's when the it started dropping, but the hash rate has just continued to climb. So that's uh, interesting uh, that these miners are not dropping off like flies because of the price of Bitcoin. That shows you that people are still very bullish on its future potential. At least the miners are, let's say. Can you see the hash rate of Litecoin? Sure. Uh, I don't know if I can see that on this website. I never looked at it, but you know what? We can look at Litecoin. Sure. Blockchair.com. I've never been on this website, so it may take a second for me to find uh, hmm, outputs. Hash rate difficulty. Would it be difficulty? I believe this is the hash rate, right? Mining difficulty. This must be the hash. I hope I'm not incorrect here, but it looks like Litecoin's hash rate has also gone up since November. Yeah, as well. No, that's this is uh November's here, so it's also gone up. Wow. Wow. So you know that that's the that goes to show you that if the reason why sometimes it's in the long term it's it is profitable because it's it could be it can be profitable to mine some of these coins that no one's mining yet. Because if you were mining Litecoin back in 2017 and you're still mining, you definitely made your money back and then some. That's right. So, um, but I think we're out of time, Jordan. Uh, there, do you have any last final parting words? No, um, I did. I did see that uh, Apple is reducing the expectation of iPhone 14s for this quarter mm -hmm. and next quarter. So that's a very good indication that we are still haven't hit the bottom yet. Um, I saw that Meta, aka Facebook, is you know lowering its staff, cutting back. You know, a lot of these big Fortune 500 companies are announcing you know cutbacks. So. Um, this is only the beginning in terms of where the market could go, in my opinion. It's perfect time to, excuse me, dollar cost average and um, continue to research the, the cryptocurrency industry. It's uh, very interesting because a lot of uh, companies are reducing their hiring or laying people off, but there are also a lot of job openings still. So it's a very confusing time for investors. Um, but in general, dollar cost averaging, as you've said, uh, is uh, very important. And a lot of people make their money during uh, during recessions. So, I mean, if you uh, are bullish on the future of, I guess, the economy, then you should not be extremely worried if you have time, as long as you're not retiring in like 30 days or something. Um, anyway, that was another episode of Business Clubs Live. Uh, thank you for listening. My name is Carlos McCrary, and I was joined again by Jordan Smith. If you have any feedback or questions, you can reach us on our social media channels at Business Plugs, or you can e email us at info at businessplugs.com. If you like this content, make sure to like and subscribe on whatever platform you are listening, uh, listening on to receive more content like this. Looking forward to it and uh, see you next time.